Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, an absolute rager of a pod mailbag has been ripped open <laughs> we're diving in oh my grabbing gosh. those questions out He's trade <laughs> deadline hot burning question you're gonna rip the bag i have to have a drop that this isn't making it get in the chainsaw out for that mailbag <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by direct tv stream get your tv together with the best of live and on demand Learn more at directtv.com. And while I have you here, I just want to remind everyone, all of our listeners out there in New York, by the way, BetMGM is now live in New York, and there's a special deal for our New York listeners. Place your first bet of $10 on any football game with BetMGM and win $200 regardless of the outcome of your bet. Just sign up using the promo code ATHLETICNY. And I think there's only two football games left, the Pro Bowl and Super Bowl. So get on it. Athletic NY bonus code bit MGM. Back to the glue, guys. This is Mike Arizalo Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuys. Netsdaily.com. The Athletic, <laughs> now a subsidiary of the New York Times. Wow. Run. Wow. The Nets are... The Nets are back. Kind of. Uh, Not really. Actually, no, they're we've been, we've been on a losing very streak. far from back. I like how you got Nets Daily. I like, I like your, this intro is just getting locked in. It's getting cemented. Minted. <laughs> it's, so it's an NFT. Now. Let's NFT it, Mike. I, I, I wish, like, there was a day when I used to do this thing very smooth and announcer-like. Now it's just, it's, we're, it's, we're pulling it's, every vocal cord I got to really the, get it's this It's the done. breakfast club. It's it's just a, it's what, hey, Mike, how are you? Did you hey, stay oh. Did you watch the game? I watched most of the game and then was too I, late. Li- I passed out. I you know what it out. is? When it, it also gives me license to be bad. Like, I already like, I'm like, it's already like 1230. I'm tomorrow's screwed anyways. May as well just stay up and, and dick around some more. And that's what I did. And I went to bed at like 230, like a complete idiot. So now I feel like an alien. There is a strange psychological effect of that, of, I stayed up long enough already. I'm just going to, yeah. Um, it's the marathon effect of like, I'm going through it. I'm cracking up. I bought, I went to, um, I went to, there's a store in Virginia called Total Wine and More. It's shout out Total sounds, Wine and More. amazing. It's like a warehouse of liquor. It's fantastic. Great. And they had $3 bottles of wine. Wow. And your boy, Mike Smell got, got four of those. No, four you didn't. You dog. For, for the price of $12 wow. for four bottles of wine. So I've been a diving into the, to the, Disgusting you, were, you, you dipped into the three dollar <laughs> Bordeaux. When huh? you get to that late at night, it, it, it's really a nice. I, that's it, particularly. Hey, 
I, you don't stay up till two thirty. Like myself, not, not doing nothing. Let me tell you. I mean, I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, what was your game take? Because you were on the Twitch. We were. We were cleanly streaming. We have a blurry pixel, stream now. Well, it's because pixelated stream. It's right? because I got copyright striked. So now, now I have to. Um, <laughs> I have to fudge it. Um, yeah, I can't I believe Blake Griffin. The Blake Griffin game. Yeah, it, truly. Six um, for ten for the field, two for six from three, actually know, hitting three point shots and seventeen points. Do you find there's maybe a little like, parallel yeah. here between the logic of like, hey, things are in disrepair, so I'm just gonna stay up late and ruin tomorrow anyways, and the current state of, of your Brooklyn Nets, Mike? There's something there. It's like things are already things are already Explore that. like Kyrie's only playing twenty five percent of the games of this season and that doesn't have a conclusion in sight. There isn't there isn't a you know, resolution there. What's I the resolution? Resolutions coming in the matter of six weeks. Oh, okay, Mike. You got you got hot takes. I, I mean, I, I don't want to go too crazy. Like, I do think Whoa, this is crazy, vaccine Mike. mandates are going to change. Where's the horn? Drop the air horn. Drop the uh, funk flex. <laughs> laser beam's the worst one I got. I I, I like the laser beam for you. Rocket launch. Um, that's a rocket launch. Doesn't sound like it. But um. I, this is based on nothing besides the fact that I'm just kind of reading the various tea I mean, leaves your that tea have been planted. Reading has been prodigious over the years, so yeah, yeah these are uh, serious uh, across yeah. the globe. So, oh, anyone can look. This, I, this is a trade deadline pod. We're gonna rip open that mailbag, get the chainsaw out, dig into that mailbag, but real quick. We're just look at the Omicron data. Go to the New York Times.com, <laughs> friend of the show, New York Times. God. Look at the, the Omicron yourself, spike. Yeah. Pour, pour a cup of coffee and sit and sit in front of some Omicron data. You know, get get, get yourself fun. some Omicron data. Yeah. It's it's dramatically dropping. Dr. Anthony Fauci himself has said that that Omicron essentially is is giving us could give us the ability to have a very normal lifestyle in the matter of a month or so. When because there's going to be so much vaccine plus natural. Um, Did I tell you that I that I had COVID last week? That was I, I was testing positive. You oh, officially, I, you I did. Officially I finally well because then like I was I was like feeling under the weather and then I it was taking tests and it was coming up negative and then finally my taste and sense of smell just completely vanished. I had nothing. I ate a whole lemon, Mike. I ate fi- fistfuls of anchovies, washing them down <laughs> with. You know, fruit smoothies. Motor Nothing oil. mattered. <laughs> Nothing mattered. It was actually really interesting. And I, it's you know, business idea for you, Mike. A a weight loss pill that all it does is nuke your sense of taste and smell because there's no re- reason to eat bad foods if you can't taste it. There's, it just makes you feel slightly more tired. That's all. I I feel like though there's got to be some psychological impact of never like not having taste. Like it, it, it by by not having taste, it must like diminish your endorphins on Dude, some level I'm gonna tell you more depressed it was freeing I felt free for the first time <laughs> I was I was like I realized that I've been enslaved to my taste buds this whole this whole time so did you actually it was like waking foods? up out of the matrix um I was I came through the goopy uh sorry what you say okay good so we're, we're yeah. now officially part of the New York Times and <laughs> yeah. headline New York Times is Brian Egan says I ate eleven good I ate eleven good <laughs> yeah. um no i just i i do i don't know anything i'm not an insider to the eric adams administration i do just think um we could have been though gonna, we could have been anyway sorry yeah, i keep interrupting we, you yeah i do think something's gonna happen the matter i say six weeks because the covid omicron spike has is is happening now in new york we're about to hit the bottom in a good way not a bad bottom <laughs> but a good bottom the fat bottom bottom of omicron 
Beautiful. Uh, well Bottom done. Girls. It's a song by you, Queen. <laughs> you're about to fall off the, and you learned, landed, per, you right somersaulted perfectly onto your feet. <laughs> no, I, 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 we are entering a point where things are going to get opened up. Masks are going to be put away on some level because there's so many people who have either had Omicron or are vaccinated. Um, the Pfizer has asked the FDA and gained, I think, approval for uh, kids six months old to. So basically the entire population, six months old to five years old, will be able to to get shots. The entire population will now have the option to be vaccinated, which will help some, too. Um, Great. And and so. OK, so we, so you're, about so you're betting big. The you're betting big. The carry's coming back is the, is the big takeaway. I do think by playoffs, I really think it, the only reason why I wouldn't is if. Uh, a wild new variant came along that was like Omicron, but more dangerous in terms of like if the, if a variant comes along, I everyone should understand that things are going to stay the same. I do think where the number case numbers are going to get so low again in New York, a very highly vaccinated place that to have the keys to New York City, the de Blasio administration's local mandate to persist into the summer which is when the playoff basketball is going to be happening. I think, I think it would be unusual. I think mm. things are going to change back to more normal way of life. And also we talk about politics at the moment. We were on a Twitch. We were on a Twitter spaces yeah. where it got, it got quite heated. That was great. We should do that. You should do that all the time, Mike. All the time. I love Twitter. Spa- I'm obsessed with Twitter spaces. Um, I love the people on it. I love the conversation. It's a lot of smart conversation. I know the the reaction is like, oh, these are all Twitter people. They're going to be mad. I don't know. I found everyone's been great so far. Um, I think uh, politics is going to become like maybe health-wise we should keep these mandates, but politicians are going to want to make sort of loud pronouncements about how they've, you know, of course, classically, the George Bush standing on top of a aircraft carrier saying mission accomplished before what was it the war in Iraq or mm-hmm. the war in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. right? And then we of course were there for many many more years. Um, politicians like to say mission accomplished, mm. and I think they're going to want to say mission accomplished. And part of that would be opening up things. Just a small Kyrie. Okay. And again, no one. Su- I don't support the fact that he hasn't gotten vaccinated. Could have fooled me. Vaccinated for his health, the health of the people around him. But I'm just saying, brass tacks, cold hearted. Anyways, should we do? You want to get in that mailbag? You want to reach in? You want to reach (laughs) your hand in? Um, I got a good one for you to start off. This one for you from Cheerboy. That's Ian. Ian. I. Ian. Ian. Ian Eagle. There's nobody else on the planet that says it pronounces it Ian, right? Is that is there anyone? Or He's that, literally is, the only person. Is that like an and English? And I feel thing? bad for Ian Begley, yeah, friend of our Twitter account, um, who I'm sure has been asked many times, "Is it Ian or Ian?" And Ian Begley's probably saying, "Everyone else in the world is an Ian. Ian's yeah. the only guy who's I, an Ian." I'm trying to to honor the. If you sign off with a, a name, I'm just going to use that name, you know, not, not docs you fully. So that's for anyone, for future email sphere people. That's, you know, if you that's don't put, if you don't sign off as anything, I'm going, I'm going whole, whole Turkey on your, on your whole last name and everything. Uh, anyways. So Ian says, um, let me know how oh, out of line this comparison is. 
okay. Steve Nash is to coaching. Wait, wait, wait. Let's do before we even get into it. Okay. Oh, God. Those were the days, Mike. Those were the days. When I hear that, I think of crappy beers being in a basement. Ba- that basement, the submarine basement. Awful sounding podcasts. Yeah. Probably wearing coats while we were doing the podcast because it was so cold. God. Um, the amount of time I, we, I, I had the on my, the, the, the gumption to make those drops is just it's a whole different person, Mike. <laughs> Anyways, um, let me know how out of line this comparison is, says Ian. Steve Nash is to coaching what J.J. Abrams is to directing. Okay, I think J.J. Abrams is best known as a guy who can build a wonderful sandbox, but has no ability or interest in putting a satisfying ending together. He will pose endless questions and make all these intriguing decisions, but it never really adds up to anything. I always start the story intrigued and end it scratching my head, saying, I guess it was fine, but I really don't know about how it all came together. It's always got a bit of an aftertaste, and obviously he makes the... Goes on to make a very compelling case for why Steve Nash is similar. I do you do you accept this premise, Mike? At I face? have a similar, and and I will add this: J.J. Abrams is a fantastic caster of movies. He he identifies talent. I mean, if you look at that Star Trek movie reboot, the the amount of talent he shoved into that movie and all the various roles that he did Jam-packed. is extremely impressive. Jam-packed. And not that Steve Nash picked the Nets, but the Nets are a well casted team. In terms of starring roles and all these interesting role players, you have sort of like the Chewbacca-like James Johnson figure, uh, if we're going to go that far. Um, so I agree with this. This I just want to be clear. Uh, this is an insult, right? <laughs> it is. And I'm not I'm not saying whether that's a bad thing. Let's, it is an insult to compare someone to J.J. Abrams. <laughs> because what J.J. Abrams did to <clears throat> The Force Awakens and we do understand that the rise wow. of Skywalker was like was overly managed by Disney. We're not owned by Disney, so we can say this. Um, it seemed like that movie got run through v- multiple uh, groups at Disney to say, oh, it needs to be this, it needs to be that. We need a Baba Frick to sell some toys. I don't know if you remember Babu Frick. I think I he's a little I think mechanic that, yeah, he's a little guy yeah. who, who yep. figured out I got Zero's head. Yeah, yeah. Like, Chew. I don't want to. Can I root? Can I talk about the plot of Rise you of Skywalker? Know, Mike, I, it's really interesting. I you never. I never see you as alive as when you're talking. <laughs> you have an effervescence about you all of the a sudden. The Force Awakens was a disaster <laughs> on the scale of anything we've ever seen in art. Wow. Okay. I mean, I agree. I'll take Phantom Here's Menace. The Force Awakens, I go Phantom Menace over Force Awakens. No, 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 no. <laughs> I do. Phantom Menace. I do. You're wrong about Phantom Menace. I'm not. Second one. What was the second one Clone, after Phantom Menace? Cl- Attack of the Clones or some such. So that's the true, the true error in the the prequel let's, trilogy. Let's not. Do we have to go? We're gonna go. We'll save it for because the end. ultimately Phantom Menace falls because. Oh, well, I'm the here. Phantom Menace I'm here for the space politics. Fine. Give me some, you know, space, you know, lobbying for the transgalactic trade routes or whatever. I Give love me- taxes. I love taxes, and that's <laughs> yeah. what that movie's about. Yeah, taxes and tariffs. But before we get too into Force it, should- Awakens was a disaster <laughs> of an epic scale. You like, had do you think this is our these hot people were alive this. and in the movie. Brian Han Solo alive and in the movie. <laughs> I should say his name, Harrison Ford, decent actor. Carrie Fisher alive and in the movie, and you had the ability to put Mark Hamill in the movie. They didn't do that because they were saving him for what would end up be Last Jedi, 
which J.J. Abrams had nothing to do with. And what they did was they put these, they put those people together. They could have done anything. They could have continued on the, the legacy. They could have been the people in power and there could have been some terroristic group out there and they would have had to confront that or they could have done anything. And they chose to basically recreate um, a new hope. And, and they had a new Death Star thingy and they had this, we had no clue of why the rebels were back to being rebels again. You had this one shot of reboot, bringing back like, all these beloved characters, the most beloved characters in film, and they decided to just redo a New Hope, which is like like these takes a these takes are ten years old now. These are ten year old takes, Michael. So here's what I'm going to say about the Nets. <laughs> I and I've so if you've been on the Twitter Spaces, we talk about Twitter Spaces. So much of Twitter Spaces has been focused on Steve Nash is bad. He is a bad coach. That is what the the common take has become. Um, the to boil that down even further, he is a guy who does not improve a team. He does not give a team an edge via his coaching. And I I can say where I'm watching these games now, I do agree with that on some level, right? Like he's not this like this wizard who is a like he's not a Nick Nurse type. Where Nick Nurse we we now think of as this guy who. You give him sort of athletic, switchable players. He's going to have a, a really great defense. He's going to be able to sort of coax uh, offense in certain possessions at a really high level. And he's going to be able to coach his team to a higher plane. Eric Spolstra has become that too. Rick Carlisle used to be thought of that way. Now, I mean, you really can't think of Rick Carlisle being that anymore, mm, particularly no. what's happening in Indiana. Steve Nash does not elevate what he has on the floor. But I'll give you um this is I, I'm gonna say this this is a huge difference. This team that Steven Nash is coaching is so disjointed by the half game of Kyrie, by uh James Harden being in and out of the lineup a little bit, Kevin Durant being out, Joe Harris being out, Lamarcus Aldridge being out. Like Steve Nash has never had a consistent lineup for a 15 game stretch. 15 games. He has never had that. It's mm. always been some massive injury, some big trade, some guy coming in the team has talent, but the talent is, you know, on the sidelines for most of the games. So while I would love if Steve could take the collection of Bruce Brown and James Johnson and those guys and, you know, eke out some special victories, I mean, they almost has kind of done that, right? I mean, he's the, the Suns game wasn't out of hand. Mm. Um, what was the game before? It was like the Nuggets game or uh, uh, the Golden State was before Golden State, State, and they almost beat Golden State. You oh. know, they came back and gave it a good rallying try. I, I, I think Here's, Steve Nash is still a positive coach than a negative. Sure, but he's a certain kind of coach. He's not a, a tactician. Well, here's and, and piggybacking on that, I think where the analogy falls apart for me is that in in these in this concept of J.J. Abrams, he is the auteur. He's asserting control. He's he's doing the world building. Whereas I actually think Steve Nash is just another character inside of the story. Like he is not, you know, pulling strings as it were. He is in place as sort of you know the I don't know emotional. I don't know, glue, linchpin of what is now the sort of end result of the player empowerment movement, which is the player empowerment team, right? The whole thing is sort of like being managed from the bottom up by the players. And we need a kind of figurehead kind of style coach uh, to plausibly fit it all together. But 
um, yeah, I would say that, like, I mean, I agree in a lot of ways, but the only thing is, like, I just don't think that Nash, like, asserts the, that amount of authority. Like, uh, I mean, I guess he, he does. He's in control of these, like, bonkers rotations, but, um, yeah. I, don't yeah, know. I think if we're going to compare him to a director, I think of him more like a Ron Howard. Like, Great. Ron Howard is the ultimate incompetency, yeah. right? He can make a lot of different kinds of movies. They're pretty good. I mean, Apollo 13 is a, a, great. a great movie. Great. Like, well done. Maybe Tom Hanks had a lot more to do with that than, like... Whatever happened to Gary Sinise? Gary Sinise? Gary Sinise. Sinise? He's, he's, he's really dove into his charities. And I think he's on, like, NCIS or one of those shows. Yeah. He was on one of those shows forever. I was going to push back on the Harrison Ford thing. I actually think Harrison Ford's overrated. It just occurred to me now. Because, like, you know, have you ever seen Harrison Ford not be Harrison Ford in a movie? If if, if part of acting is the range, he's got no range. Man's got no range. Well, yeah, if you, if you want range, sure. But... If you want Harrison Ford, there's only Harrison Ford. I, that's my point. If we're if we're you know if if being Harrison Ford is he's great at being Harrison Ford. If acting that's enough is, for me. That's is, enough. Is, is it's enough for me. I mean, have yeah. you seen Air Force One? <laughs> it's how it's Harrison Ford I, on a plane. Look, as president. I like those movies. All right, let's those say we're getting so, weird. Okay, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but I, I do want to make this Nash point, and I don't know if we have any other Nash questions, but it's like this is a bad run for Steve Nash. It's a bad run for for him as a coach. He did. He didn't challenge the play when the little birdie, aka the refs, told him to challenge the play, and then it came back that in the two minutes report. Remember how we in the Spencer Dinwiddie era, how much we cared about the last two minute report? I was glued. That's always got screwed. Glued to it, the L two M. That was like basically our podcast for two years. Yeah. Um. How Kessler Edwards like the he should have challenged a play, or at least there's some indication after the fact that that the refs got it wrong. Um. And all that's it, this is a bad run for Steve Nash. I'm still just holding on to the boat here. We're we're in turbulencies, and I'm just projecting forward in March when Joe Harris, Kevin Durant are back. James Harden is still playing for the team. Um, Kessler Edwards are, is getting buku valuable minutes in this role. He had a really good game against the Suns. Um, I'm just projecting forward, and maybe the Nets make a trade to get another bench piece that's actually can do something as opposed to like Blake had a good game, but as opposed to Blake, Bruce Brown, James Johnson is on and off. Bembry's on and off. You know, they kind of need a more, not a whole lot of action on the Paul Millsap front. Haven't heard much about that. We're yeah, keeping surprising. Our- <laughs> People aren't beating down the door of the, uh, that's practice facility to get Paul Millsap. We're keeping an eye on it. Next up. Cheer boy. This is. It's not as fun. Don't say the last names. I might go back. I might just dox people. Yeah, what do people care? Um, How is this going to possibly? Unless if they say something in the email that's bad. I think they also don't know to sign off with it. Nobody signs off with their last name. You know, we're not writing. I do. And a quill and pen here. Quill and ink. Um, Anyways, he says. I'm going to stay just because I've already not doxed him, but next one I'm doxing. Okay. That's happening. Um, Hey fellas with Harden, possibly not wanting to be with the nets. Is there a world where the team is better off moving him now rather than waiting to address the situation this summer? 
Ooh, interesting question. His uncertainty could be a dark cloud over the team for the remainder of the season. A rumored return of Ben Simmons, Tyrese Maxey, and pick slash fillers sounds pretty solid, especially considering how well Maxey has played this year. This is exactly what more. This is music to Morey's ears. This is what he wants to hear right now. Uh, yeah, is this Daryl Morey, <laughs> Andrew, I won't yeah. say your last name? It would, it would give the team two ball handlers, an elite defender, and if picks are included, Sean Marks would have more flexibility to make trades in future years. Thanks. Um, he's got a point, though, and, you know, know um it's worth considering though i am i am not ready to buy into the propaganda frankly let's call it what it is that james harden is upset with the weather and the taxes in new york to the point where he wants to move to (laughs) beautiful sunny philadelphia pennsylvania it is always sunny in philadelphia true wow mike um i love this question i absolutely love the thinking behind it i i will disagree with the premise because I don't know if Harden's sort of dalliances with mm. Daryl, uh, new, new book coming Dar- out <laughs> yeah, that's a, from Nicholas Sparks very soon, <laughs> um, is a dark cloud over this team. Because it seems like, particularly from Woj's report, at least internally, that Harden, it's not like Harden's like disgruntled or he's like really upset and he's ruining the mood of the team. I do think there's some definitely some discord between Harden and the Nets on some level. And that's why we're getting this report. But I don't, I I think like player to player, the players probably really appreciate James Harden. And it seems like as long as Kyrie and Kevin Durant like James Harden, James Harden likes to play with them, which he will be playing with them in a month or so when Hart, when Katie's back, everything will be fine. And so I think the problem is if you make this trade now, with Kevin Durant hurt, Kyrie playing halftime, and then you're bringing in Ben Simmons, and we have no clue what Ben Simmons is going to be like. Like, whether you believe mental health has been a problem for him or if that's a uh, an excuse that's being thrown out there to keep him away from the 76ers. I got to tell you, as an excuse, that's a pretty... That's a pretty racy excuse to use. That's like that's like yes. the kind of excuse like when you're a kid, like, should I can I pretend like a grandparent died to get out of school or something? It's like I probably shouldn't. That's bad karma. I, I think it would it was like fifth grade. I used to pretend I would I would go to it was like Wednesdays. I there's a reason why it was that day, but I would go into the bathroom and acted like I I threw up. I would tell the teacher I I did it like five thir- Wednesdays in a row. I mean, I didn't make the sound. I would go in, Just splash some some water. I would, would you- <laughs> I would come out. Yeah. I would I would save some bolognese in my pocket and <laughs> splash it on my face. But that was you would always have bolognese in your pocket, anyways. If I know you, a standard thing. Yeah. Um, and I would tell her that I threw up, and then I get sent home. And the reason why was because I just wanted to like hang out, hang out at the house. I love and, like that. watch TV. Um, and so, but that's not quite as crooked as using mental health. It's right there. It's right there, though. It's and it's, I don't think yeah. that I don't. I really that would be really pretty. It's poor. poor form. That's that's poor form. You don't want to do yeah, that. That's a little really dastardly. Think, yeah. So I don't think it's that. You don't want to. You don't want to have the KD injury recovery halftime playing basketball Kyrie and what the hell is Ben Simmons on a team that has championship aspirations. Like that would, that is a worse situation to deal with than maybe the dark cloud of James Harden's future Mm. hanging over the team. (laughs) And ultimately like having James Harden on the team, James Harden's a better player right now than Ben Simmons. We've talked about this before though. The Ben Simmons maxi and picks trade 
which I think it would have to be if you're the Nets to do it, is not the worst thing in the world. Though, I will say this. Last thing on this. Kevin O'Connor and Bill Simmons were talking about trade deadline stuff on one of the more recent pods that Bill Simmons had. And they both adamantly said that the Nets are shutting down all possible trade talk involving James Harden right now. They are adamant that they will not even entertain a chance of James Harden going to Philly. They're mm-hmm. not going to do it. Now, maybe things will change in the offseason, but right now they're shutting it down. We had the Woj story again where they said they're not taking calls on James Harden. Um, I like the thought of experiment here by Andrew. It's just not happening. And I've, t- I've said this at the last pod. In the last episode, I, I talked about the Joe Cy, Daryl Morey thing. And I'll just really re- quickly rephrase. Daryl Morey had the Hong Kong tweet. Joe Cy was the loudest owner in American sports to come out against that tweet and that the idea that Daryl Morey put out there. Whether you agree or disagree, Joe Cy probably hates Daryl Morey more than anyone in the NBA, more than even Tillman Fertitta. Mm. So I, I would guarantee Joe Cy, who's very involved with this team, would not be loving the fact that he's going to hand James Harden to the 76 Love that. Love that take, Mike. Love that. Are you ready for the next one? Yes. Next up, this one's great. You're going to like this one. Next up, true boy, that's Usama Mansoor. Perfect. That's Perfect. a great name. Usama Mansoor. I feel like that, I mean, I do feel. I feel like I'm Bruce Buffer, Super whatever his name right is, like bringing him, bringing yeah. him into the to the cage. Um, Usama says, "Hey, huge fan, hey. Um, huge, huge fan, fan back, huge fan back." Quick question for the pod: You mentioned in the last few pods that this that if this Kyrie situation doesn't get solved, <laughs> then Nets would want to be in the fifth seed. Currently, they're in the sixth seed, and with Durant out, they won't be winning a lot of these games. Do you honestly think if the Nets were to use this road court advantage scheme, win a chip? Do you honestly think, oh, if they were, do they win a chip? I think they can, but it's definitely a challenge. Um, do, okay, so Mike, the question is here, are they hedging their bets against Eric Adams, <laughs> you know, knees weak, mom spaghetti, not not at, come March, not reversing his 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 mandates. He gets nervous. Why? He's the oh. pressure. He, he buckles to the the pressure of the domineering left or whatever. I don't know what, what these politics. I don't do politics, Mike. What What happens? Do we are we hedging our bet? Uh, are we uh, are we purposefully <laughs> getting into the fifth and sixth seeds, um, like the way that I have conspiratorially suggested? Um, I, the Nets are not purposefully doing it, but it is happening. Are you sure? Can, I, can you prove that? Can I tell you the Nets are closer to the play-in tournament than the number one? I was seed. I did I was like somebody was saying that in the chat last night, and I was like nah, and then I was like oh boy, this is actually we're. I mean, we're comfortably in, but like, still, it's like, this is, you know, Charlotte's, only, Charlotte's coming only, fast. They're only a win over Charlotte. They're a game and a half because Charlotte has two more losses, but they have one more win than Charlotte. Charlotte is seven. The Nets are sixth. Now, the Nets are only three back from the Bulls, who are the top seed in the East, and the, no one has any thought that the Bulls are this dominating team. I mean, they've had their own issues. The 76ers are two. Obviously, with what they've got going on with Ben Simmons, the Heat are, they at one point were moving up, but they've lost the past three. Basically, every team in the East, there's not like a perfect team right now anyway. So once Kevin Durant comes back, and if Kyrie's allowed to play full time, I think the Nets would almost like immediately shoot up the standings, and they would probably become the one seed or the two seed, and maybe this question isn't here. The road court advantage thing, 
is a real thing. Um, it, it the problem that you run into, I guess, by doing the road court advantage play is like as you go around from round to round and the games get tougher and tougher. Getting that, like, what do you weigh, Ryan? This is the ultimate question: Is <laughs> my body? Would weight? you rather have Kyrie for four games, or would you rather have the game seven at home without Kyrie? Because I'm big I've, on game sevens. I'm big on game sevens. Even though we're in a oh, podcast. It's tough. This is tough, Mike. It's really tough. Like, ultimately, I think, like, the mathematics, the analytics would say Kyrie is more impactful than home court advantage. Our home court An advantage extra- sucks. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. Like, we, we, yeah. I mean, we're currently not, you know, to call it advantages, you know. Yeah. So I agree with that. It's like, it's not like the Nets have like a massive home court advantage to begin with. They're actually worse at home this season than they are on the road. They're 12 and 13 at home, 17 and eight on the road. But that's like a quirky thing that actually doesn't persist into the playoffs. Well, um, it's, I mean, it's a, is that the Kyrie data that you're looking for? I guess. Yeah. But has what, how, what have, what has been the Reds, the Nets record with Kyrie even? I mean, that's, that's, we can't even go into that because Kyrie, it's like, not. There's a game that they missed with Harden, and so he's been by himself, and those teams are really bad when he's just by himself. So I would rather have Kyrie for four games than four games at home. I Again, though, to state back to my earlier position, I do think the vaccine mandate's going to change. And I think ultimately... But, yeah, but this is... I mean, the hypothetical here is... Yeah, the is. hypothetical. Um, good, great question, Usama. You know, who knows? That's the, but I do still think that the conspiracy is real and that, you know, as soon as we want to flip the switch on winning games, you know, like that. Can I, can I tell you though, one, one, one addendum, I would rather have the one or two seed that I'd rather have if my ranking of seeds would be one, two, and then either be five, six or five or six. Because if you have one or two, that means you play the playing teams. Mm. But one of the playing teams is Toronto. Mm. And like the Nets are never going to like Kyrie's never going to play. I don't know. It's so complicated Mm. Mm. because if you're if you're the three seed, the four seed, the five seed or the six seed. You're playing Miami or Cleveland or the Bucks. Oh, man. If we have to play a series against Toronto, that's that's going to be. If you start the playoffs in a series against the Bucks, that's like incredibly that's a hard road to begin with where if you're the two seed you start against like charlotte it's a it's a drastically different road to hoe yeah i don't know it's, it's too early for state too, too early too early too early um next up cheer boy that's Corey Cantor. i got the playing music thing um on my zoom um cory a uh, a friend of the show this point i don't know yeah absolutely um dear glue guys i like it. i like a formal deer it starts with a deer um i feel like i had Glad to get an email in not because you're waiting for my thoughts on trade talks but i needed emotional catharsis after the brutal january that it has been to be a nets fan players one by one injured no return of joy buckets how do we all survive this anyways trade talk um why is nets twitter so obsessed one here this is a multi-part one why is nets twitter so obsessed with robert covington if he was so good why is he always being traded um i can tell you mike it comes from fantasy basketball it comes from (laughs) (laughs) that's that's why he has a, a great reputation out there which you know is has has dwindled a lot in the last two seasons i don't think the it's the idea of Robert Covington that he's a, like a wing player who's very switchable, who can also play center. 
and he can shoot the three. He'd He's, be a fine player if they like got him on a like um if he was um bought out and he was just added to the roster. I don't think giving up anything seriously for Robert Covington, you should not in, do that. In his heyday, he was averaging like two steals and two threes a game, which I think only maybe Chris Middleton and that's it was doing it, you know, that kind of thing. Rare fantasy category. Uh, second question. Do you think Bruce Brown will be kicked out of town? What a fall from Greece for a former fan favorite. We don't talk much about Bruce anymore, Mike. I think Bruce Brown's gone. Like, because if you if you rank the actual tradable pieces on this team, Paul Millsap, I guess, is one because it seems obvious that he like they don't want he doesn't want to be there. They don't want him here. Mazel tough. Enjoy you know your life wherever else you may be. Bruce's salary is like three point five, which if you throw into a trade, you can get. You know that's that's where the Nets the Nets really don't have many tradable salaries. Joe Harris is the most tradable salary. He's not playing basketball, and they need him. So. You kind of look across the roster. If you cobble together Paul Millsap, Bruce Brown, and another piece, Javon Carter, that gets you like close to mid-level exception area for like a three for one. And then the other team just takes those guys. They're all on expirings and, you know, they move about their day. I think I don't I think Bruce Brown may be done. I'm I'm like transitioning to just being appreciative of the magical season where Bruce Brown was the only human on the planet to like shoot a 70% field goal percentage on like eight foot unorthodox floaters. <laughs> that was like nothing like that will ever Dude, happen. It ruined him though. <laughs> it ruined him because he mean, still no, does he got it. A, he got a bag. Good at the shot. He got a bag and like, you know, who knows what would have happened otherwise, but he didn't get a bag. Not enough he of a bag. What's the bare minimum of the bag that he could get? Guy, come on. That's a bag. It's in, in the grand scheme of bags, it's a bag. Um, it's a bag, but it's not a big bag. It's not an everlasting gobstopper it's, bag. <clears throat> look, it's, it's, um, <clears throat> I'm dying. Sorry. It's, uh, it's an improbable thing that should never have happened to be shooting that high a percentage on that shot. So, you know, it, and you're right. Maybe it's a, there's a dark side to that coin as well, um, where you start relying on a thing that's just never going to be, never going to be there long term. Um, yeah. Anywho. Number three, which rookie do you think Sean Marks needs to hold on to for mm. long-term sake? Is there anyone you're willing to part ways with to make a trade work? All right, so Kessler Edwards, I'm going to assume, is off the table for you, but I bet Dayron's on the table. Is that fair? Yeah, if, if we're like picking one guy, Kessler's number one now. He's over Cam Thomas. He's over Dayron Sharp. He's mm. over Marcus Zagorowski. And by the way, I don't know if you know this, Raekwon Gray is having a moment with the Long Islandettes. I saw some, some per- Alex some, something percolating. So um, wow. you're looking at your phone like there's news coming in. I got worried. No, Jeff Zucker has resigned at CNN. The guy who runs CNN. Do you want to? Should we stop the show? Do you, <laughs> do you need him? That is just a thing. Yeah. Um, don't you say isn't isn't Kessler the guy right now of all He's, the rookies? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and here's the thing, too. Uh, you know, we were talking they were talking about it on um, Ruko was pointing out the next thing that will happen for Kessler Edwards is figuring out how to finish. And I have my my I think that he should really focus on his handle first because the handle is informing the yes. finish. The handle is what's why he can't get into a natural collect and finish motion, which leads to the non finish. It's really about the handle and his nervousness around it. You know what I want? I want almost a Rocky Creed-like relationship yeah. between Kyrie and Kessler. Oh, wow. Like, wow. I want Kessler to move into Kyrie's West Orange house or wherever he lives, and I want them to play flag football all summer, you know, play on the, the hard courts of northern New Jersey, mm. and just, like, 
Because if you, if Kyrie could impart even just an iota of his ball handling into Kessler Edwards, that is like Kessler Edwards is Kobe Bryant. You know what it is? It's that decaying infrastructure of New Jersey, those craggly streets. You know, you're dribbling your ball. It can go this way and that way. It's just, you know, it's like, it's like when it's like in the montage where he's, um, anyways, who cares? Kessler's Uh, a West Coast guy, smooth roads. Smooth. He's he's way too smooth. Pampered by those roads. And they you ever see what's the movie with Jake Gyllenhaal when he was like a, a West Virginia coal miner's son where he becomes an astronaut? Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't. I, I don't it, have October any sky. Like People are yelling October sky. Yeah. <laughs> so Kessler needs to go to like the coal mines of West Virginia and just right, dribble just inside dribble. there in the darkness. I, like, I'm just like imagining the scene where he's he's like he's looking at Bloomfield Avenue and he's like Kyrie, you want me to dr- look at all these potholes? I can't. Surely you can't. <laughs> You can't expect you must me to go, son. And then Kyrie <laughs> takes out a blindfold. Yeah. And then there's like just like traffic going everywhere. He's like, I can't do this. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. trust. Yeah. Get Use trust. the force, Kessela. <laughs> there's a lot of movies we're throwing in there. We are. This has been a, this has been a great show. This has been but Kessler's number and, and I don't want to discount I love Dayron and I think Cam Thomas like is gonna be in the league forever. But uh Kessler's a three and D wing with who's <laughs> he's the guy super he's, athletic. He's also hitting, uh, he's like getting to, he's got a little alternative shot, which is he's stopping and taking a little mid-ranger, which was was on display a little last night. So lots to look forward to for young Kessler. Speaking of youngs, next, the fourth question, fourth and final, Thad Young or Serge Ibaka, which former flame of Nets fans' heart would be more intriguing on this uh, team in their current form? Um, Mike, pick, gun to your head. Well, the the flamiest one for me, the one who I, I you know, Thad Young actually played for the team, so I, I have, and I he That's was one of the few good players when he was on this team. I gotta say, neither the move the needle for me though. Like, they don't yeah. need another sub six nine big who the like like the old. Paul Millsap <laughs> experience was like we did we not do this we did this we just did it. What is what is Thad Young or Serge going to do? Like Paul Millsap. Um, I mean, Serge had a great, like, I mean, if he can come back and, you know, be good again, but that's, I mean, that's the same, that's, I'm falling into the same trap. Yeah. I mean, he had a literally a statistically amazing when his last season in Toronto was terrific, um, which was just two years ago. Yeah. I mean, the thing that, that Serge Ibaka would interest me is only that he is a, he can shoot from three, but like, I, I, I haven't watched him enough this year. The Clippers don't. It seems like they don't like every him. rumor out there is like he's gone. Like yeah. we don't, we will buy him out or he will be gone. We don't need him anymore. Um, they hate him. They don't like him. They don't want to see. His but face. I do like the championship pedigree that Serge brings. True, and it's and it's again friends of it's the friends of the friends situation, which we're just building Fox. a friends, you know, f- the friend team again. And I think there's a, there's a narrative arc there that that um, but clicks. Can I ask Nets Please. fans for a sec? Like we can yeah, we to can the Nets all, fans. Want to, yeah. Hey Nets fans, we want. Uh, buyout guys. If you get Thad Young or Serge Ibaka, you're never seeing Dayron Sharp play basketball. This <laughs> year, like, mm-hmm. if they get one of those like biggish, you know, force fives, like that just means Dayron's never gonna play. You know, it's weird. And- Dayron's been starting, and then you know, leave it to Nash. He just played the last two minutes of garbage time last night. Like, why? Why do that? Why do that to Dayron? Why shake him? Why shake his 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 fragile ego right now? It's a very dull thing to do to <laughs> Mister Sharp. Well done, Mike. Um, next up, final email. Wait, wait, no, no, no. We quick break, and then we're doing a late break. But then we'll do the last email. Okay, but then we—is that the end of the show, or what do you got? You got yeah, we'll do email. Yeah. Okay, and then we forgot the break. Show. We did forget the break. Yeah. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back. Okay, let's get into it. Great. Next up, Cheer Boy. This is Aaron Voigt. Voigt. I should have. Could have given that a little bit more zing. Um, Aaron just gets right into it. No frills on this email. I'll tell you <laughs> Love what. It. Um, should the Nets trade for Miles Turner? Boom. And if so, what would be the right package? Bang. That's it. And he's done. No. <laughs> <laughs> they shouldn't. Because they can't. They'd have to trade Joe Harris, and I'd rather have Joe Harris than Miles Turner. I like Miles Turner. I do like Miles Turner. I like and Miles if, Turner a lot. And if these floating bodies continue to just, you know, lazy river on through his ankle, Mike, it's worth considering. Have There's I ever told a you literal the- lazy river of, of bone fragments just sliding <laughs> up and down his leg. <laughs> They're drink- each bone fragment is drinking like a little tiki drink with an umbrella in it. Yeah. Like, this is a hell of an ankle. Um, did I ever tell you the James Dolan, Wyatt Snack, Miles Turner story? No. no. You know who Wyatt Snack is? I do. Mm-hmm. Okay. For those who don't remember, Wyatt Snack, he was on The Daily Show for many years, and then he had his own show on Comedy Central. Kind of had a he notable had, falling out with Jon Stewart. There's a bit had, an, of, had a notable falling out with Jon Stewart. I think he lives in Crown Heights. Okay. Docks him. Like docks him. Yeah. Good, good no, address. Well, I, this has nothing to do with the docks. I, I think like that was part of, he talks about it okay. in his comedy or whatever. But anyways, so this is at the point when Wyatt Snack, because I, I talked to Wyatt about this, no big deal. Wow. Um, there and he, he shared it on a podcast I was on so that I can share this. Wyatt Snack had gotten courtside tickets to a Knicks game. And if you remember where James Dolan sits, he sits under the basket courtside very publicly and you can see him he's usually pretty slouched over um watching the game and it was an early uh it, was, I don't know, it must have been like eight years ago the knicks were playing the pacers and Wyatt Sinek, where he was sitting was very close to dolan he could hear everything dolan was saying dolan was sitting next to someone that Wyatt Sinek doesn't know who it was but said it must have been someone in like nick's management on some level okay and the pacers are playing and there's young miles turner Mm. And Miles Turner runs down the floor right in front of Dolan and hits a three right in front of Dolan. Mm-hmm. And 
Dolan turns to the guy he was sitting next to and says, should we get him? <laughs> and Wyatt Snack is so funny. He was like, yeah. the way Dolan was saying it was like this, like a rich guy who was saying, yeah. like, should we, like, acquire, like, that should acquire be that. that human, yeah. He's like, had no clue who Miles Turner was. Right. Just saw a really tall dude hit a three. And honestly, that's how I. That's how I, that, that's kind of how I view Miles Turner as well. That's yeah. every time I see and him. People can make fun of James Dolan. I, I also, if I own a team and I saw a really tall guy who was athletic hit a three in front of me, I'd be like, I wouldn't get him. I wouldn't let other, I wouldn't let other people overhear me say that. I'll say that. I, I would know. (laughs) I would hope I know enough not to let Wyatt Sinek eavesdrop on that, but um, I love that. That's great. I I would do it. So I know people like to make fun of owners, but I, I tend to think like that is how I would operate is I see a guy play. Well, it's like kind of how for a while the Clippers under doc river, doc rivers, like, Doc would sign guys who had good games against the Clippers. Right. He was like a meme about that. I would do the same thing. Back to Miles Turner. I would love Miles Turner on this team. I don't. My question is, Brian, Mm. would you rather have Miles Turner or Joe Harris? Because that is the the trade. (sighs) Joe Joe Harris, I would. But again, we're dealing with Joe Harris, who's, you know, got complications with his ankle and Mike, we're coming up on we're, our championship window is weirdly in a state of volatility. I, I I can't explain it. We should be in the meatiest part of just just greasy breezy winds, all just stacking dubs, stacking chips, and meanwhile we're just like we've been saying a drama ridden, drama infested, who knows what. Um, yeah. Not to say that Miles Turner solves any of that. That's not that's not true. I wouldn't go that far, but. You know, having lingering doubts about players' health and stuff like that. Not that again, Miles Turner is a guy who's had you know plenty of health problems. So. Yeah, he's currently <laughs> yeah. out right yeah. now yeah. with an injury. <laughs> yeah, so um, he doesn't necessarily solve it. But I'm just saying things are on the table, Mike. Things are on the table for me. Okay, I'm not. I'm not messing around. People got to get got to get their s together because we got to win these chips, Mike. Otherwise, this experiment would not have been worth it. Um, actually, that's not true. That's totally not true. Yeah. <laughs> that I mean, is way, fun, that is the le- the thing I've said that I least agree with. I think. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, one last one last thing about trade deadline. When I when I say will the Nets make a trade, I mean like a decent one, not just like Paul Millsap for some bench shooter that is like a lower than Bryn Forbes level. Like Damn. just just. Real bottom just, of the barrel beneath <laughs> low beneath. man on the totem. <laughs> Bryn <laughs> Forbes. No, no shots at Bryn, who's a champion. So shot good, good for him. Bryn fucking Forbes. <laughs> will the Nets make a deal? Like a real deal. Yeah. I don't think they will. I, I think I don't think it's out there. Like I don't think that there's some magical deal for them. I can see them doing the, what I talked about, which is packaging Bruce Brown, Paul Millsap, and Javon Carter, and like five second round picks mm. for, I don't know, name like some decent rotational piece. I don't see them using their, I thought that they would use their TPE, their Dinwiddie trade exception. I just, I, I, I the money thing just keeps coming back to me. It's like, do they really want to pay $40 million for Jeremy Lamb? You know? Um mm. I don't know. I don't know. Mike, I, we were up late. We've reached the, yeah. we may have reached the end of this journey, but it's been, it's been a great time. I've, I really enjoyed my time with you today. Good, I didn't, dude. I didn't think I would, but um, I can't say are. the same. But. <laughs> Mike, take us out. What do we say? 
Um, thank you all so much for listening. Go on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. We need them when we want to have. We actually them. do. We haven't. I I truly enjoy those. I would. How do we get those back going again? That's fun. I mean, we got a we got a decent amount, so we really appreciate everyone who has. We do. We both appreciate that. what we have, but lustfully want more. Is that fair to say? Yes, one hundred percent. Go to Apple Podcasts. Like I said, netsdaily.com, The Athletic. We are now a subsidiary of the New York Times. So. <laughs> When are you going to get that tattooed on your rib? That's a, <laughs> yeah. Subsidiary of the New yeah, York Times. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Get a New York Times subscription. I guess. So let's, you know. Know, let's not call to, call to action this quite yet. Mike. I don't think we're there yet. I know you're excited. Um, we're, soon you'll see the Glue Guys podcast like right on the homepage. Yeah, that'll be nice. Of uh, By the way, do you, there's uh, I think his name is like Michael Bellicose. He's a historian. He's very active on Twitter and he, he has a lot of Twitter followers because he'll tweet out like old pictures from like like really beautiful photographs from like important times like World War II. And this is literally the coldest take ever. It was from it was when Hitler was rising to power in Germany and it was like the American it's an American US government says not concerned about Hitler. Mm. That was the the headline from the Associated Press. And I was like that's a, that's a hell of a take. It's a hell of a take. Not concerned. Didn't, didn't age well. Didn't worry you, Hitler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hitler didn't worry Those you. Those are some takes. You know, uh, hindsight's that 2020. That was not Mike. the New York Times. That, back to the point, the New York Times, maybe it was actually in the New York Times, but we're we're now part of the great lady, so we're going to keep it. I'm glad we, that we're going to keep it the glue lady. You know I'm glad saying? that you figured out a way to get Hitler. We did some COVID. We got some Hitler. We hit her. We checked our boxes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's important. But anyways, uh, at PK Glue, guys. Netsdelay.com, The Athletic, get behind that paywall. What do you put in the thing for the paywall for the for our promotion code? Theathletic.com slash glue, guys. And the great thing about that, like, so the deal is always changing. So if you're feeling like, ooh, like the deal I see now maybe isn't good, wait a week, maybe a better deal pops up. But dive in. You're going to love The Athletic. Dive. The Athletic. Take the, the dive. The content is so good. Keith Law, who's one of the greatest baseball scouting writers of all time, just put out his top 100 playlist or not playlist his top 100 prospects list. Um, a lot of Yankees and Mets on there, a lot of Mets. Wow. So all those Mets fans out there, you don't want to read the that. athletic, take the dive. What's the tagline? I've been watching Mad Men again, so I'm, I'm into taglines right now. What's the um, athletics tagline? Take the dive. Just, just, just do it. Anyways, let's get out of here. Mike. Thanks. Thanks again. We'll talk. We'll, we'll workshop that. Bye. Bye everybody. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.